It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Bell into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Pass thrown, there was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And this is part two of the 12 Days of Christmas Jets edition. We did part one yesterday for Christmas Eve, and now it's Christmas Day. So it's time to wrap up this countdown with the six other gifts that we're giving Jets fans for Christmas this holiday season. And for that, of course, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, did yesterday's show help get you in the Christmas spirit at least a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, let, let's go with that. <laughs> Nimbly, I'm going to get to you. I'm going to get you into the Christmas spirit. If it's the last thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> So let's review the first six gifts that we had the football gods giving to Jets fans yesterday for Christmas Eve. Number 12, a healthy Bless Austin with a new CB. So we're talking about Blessing Austin staying healthy as a starting cornerback for next year. And then another cornerback to go with him, whether that's somebody in the draft or somebody in free agency, whether it's somebody the caliber of Byron Jones or even just a solid starting cornerback. Number 11, a breakout season for Quinn and Williams. We agreed that Quinn and Williams has done well with what he's been asked however we were looking for more situations to arise where he would be put in a position to make explosive plays Greg Williams didn't do a lot of that this season out of necessity because of the injuries particularly at linebacker but in 2020 we are hoping that he will be put in a position to make more of those splash plays that we saw make in Alabama and that we saw him starting to make against the Miami Dolphins in their rematch a couple of weeks ago Number 10, a healthy C.J. Mosley-Avery-Williamson combo, which would also help Quinn and Williams. And we talked about the importance of that. Not only would it help to shut down the run game to an even greater degree, even though the Jets had a tremendous run defense this year without Mosley and Williamson, it would help a lot in the passing game because of C.J. Mosley's ability to cover and how much better it is than the guys that are in there now, particularly Neville Hewitt. He's not Luke Kuechly necessarily, but C.J. Mosley is one of the better coverage linebackers in the league. So having him there helps a lot with potential mismatches with tight ends and running backs, at least in certain situations. And of course, there's the leadership quotient there with C.J. Mosley. Number nine was Le'Veon Bell not getting traded. We agreed that Le'Veon Bell's season has been kind of disappointing, but we also agreed that a lot of that is not because of Le'Veon Bell. If they can fix up the offensive line, he could be a tremendous weapon for Sam Darnold and this New York Jets offense in 2020. And so even though we expect the Jets to look to trade him, we're hoping that a situation arises where either teams aren't willing to give up anything of consequence or they're just not willing to take on that contract. Bell stays and they find a way to make the most of him. Adam Gase hasn't used him to the best of his abilities this year. That's part of it too. But 
if they go into next year and Gase resolves to do that. They can use him in the running game, in the passing game, and to block with blitz pickups. So we're hoping that Le'Veon Bell sticks around. Number eight, re-signing Robbie Anderson, Jordan Jenkins, and Brian Poole. All three have been very good this season and have shown they're well worth keeping. Brian Poole has been one of the better slot cornerbacks in the league. A pleasant surprise. A lot of us thought that he was nothing more than a younger buster screen, but he's been a heck of a lot more than that. Jordan Jenkins has become a good edge setter, but also somebody who has improved his pass rushing And if you give him a little bit of help in that department, he can play a vital role as that second fiddle there out on the edge. Robbie Anderson, not necessarily a number one wide receiver, but somebody who gets open a lot. He's got that kind of speed that very few quarterbacks can keep up with. And once Sam Darnold has more time to throw and isn't pressured so much, he'll see Robbie Anderson and be able to get him the ball downfield more for a bunch of explosive plays. And number seven, A new toy for Sam Darnold in the form of a number one wide receiver. What is a number one wide receiver? We talked about the various components, but Chris really defined it as, I know it when I see it. So in that vein, who could that be? People might throw out the name A.J. Green. I don't think that's necessarily the case because he's been hurt a lot and he's 31 years old. He'll be 32 by the time next season starts. Maybe Odell Beckham, but I don't see the Jets trading for him. Could be somebody in the draft. Chris loves CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. It could be one of those guys potentially with that first round pick or it could even be somebody in the second round. This is such a deep wide receiver class that it's very possible the Jets could get somebody in the second round that could step up and become that number one wide receiver and what we agreed on is that regardless of what your definition is for a number one wide receiver in this case we just mean somebody that's better than Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder both of those guys are good but if they can get somebody that's next level good that would be the perfect fit and a nice new toy for Sam Darnold to help elevate this offense to the next level so now that we've refreshed on those first six let's get to the final six So, on the sixth day of Christmas, the football gods gave the Jets fans a healthy Bless Austin with a new CB, a breakout season for Quinn and Williams, a healthy CJ Mosley-Avery Williamson combination, Le'Veon Bell not getting traded, Robbie Anderson, Jordan Jenkins, and Brian Poole staying put, a new toy for Sam Darnold in the form of a number one wide receiver, and a brand new contract for Jamal Adams. This is going to be a little bit controversial, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't necessarily trade him if a godfather offer comes up, for instance, if what Joe Douglas reportedly asked for, a one and two twos is offered, or if somebody (coughs) offers a pick in the top 10 and then maybe another second round pick or something along those lines, then maybe you consider it. But I think that signing Jamal Adams would send a message to the fan base, it would send a message to the league, and it would send a message, most importantly, to Jamal Adams, that they value him as a franchise-type player and that they want to make sure that he's locked up and eject for the rest of his career you and I have talked about this Chris safeties don't have the kind of impact usually that you're looking for from somebody that's going to get paid what Jamal Adams is going to get paid but what I think we saw in the aftermath of the controversy of Jamal Adams supposedly being shopped by Joe Douglas at the trade deadline we could argue semantics on that whether he was shopped or whether Joe Douglas just listened to offers but the point is at first Jamal Adams came out And seemed to be laying an egg. But then all of a sudden, it's like a light bulb went off. And Greg Williams was deploying him in a way that he looked like Troy Palomalu out there. And so while typically you don't want to be paying a strong safety 
big time dollars and committing to him like that. If Jamal Adams is going to be the next Troy Palomalu, which is what he was looking like and what it seems like Greg Williams envisions using him as, then that's a situation where you make an exception, you sign him to that long-term deal and you use him as that chess piece that can be like Palomalu and just create havoc all over the field. So there you go to start off part number two, number six, a brand new contract for Jamal Adams that keeps him in jet green for the foreseeable future and throughout the rest of his prime years. Yeah. Um, Jamal sure seems to have gotten over that whole uh, possibly trading him thing. Um, I remember at the time that people were reacting and like, oh, this marriage seems doomed now. There's no way they can possibly move forward going into next season. And Jamal, I said at the time, it was up to Jamal how if he was going to uh, be willing to get over it and move on and get past it. And if he was willing to uh, look at it with the right perspective that he would do that and everything would end up being fine. And that, that is, seems to have been exactly what happened. Um, I I don't think that he's going to end up getting traded. I don't. I I think Joe Douglas would be willing to listen again, but I don't think anyone's going to be willing to offer him what Joe Douglas would want in order to trade and part with him. So I think he will be on the roster next year, and if that's going to be the case, then you absolutely try to lock him up and sign him now. And the don't look at it. You don't look at it as he's a safety. He's a disruptor. He is a playmaker. He is a disruptor. He is the best player on the team right now. Uh, and he was the best rusher they had. Uh, he could be used in so many ways. He can really keep an offense off balance and completely disrupt uh, an offensive play. Uh, he, there's Unless you're going to get that godfather offer, you keep him and you pay him now and you lock him up for as little money as possible because the longer you wait, the more it's going to cost. And he, when you have a player that can be as disruptive as him, you, you want that guy on your team. On the fifth day of Christmas, the football gods gave to Jets fans a healthy bless Austin with a new CB, a breakout season for Quinn and Williams, a healthy CJ Mosley-Avery Williamson combination, Le'Veon Bell not being traded, Robbie Anderson, Jordan Jenkins, and Brian Poole staying put. A new toy for Sam Darnold in the form of a number one wide receiver. A brand new contract for Jamal Adams. And that ever-elusive number one edge rusher. So we've talked about this, Chris. Yannick Ngakwe looks like he might hit the free agent market. I expect Joe Douglas to put all his eggs in the offensive line basket, which we'll get to later. But I'm sure that he will be very interested in Yannick Ngakwe if Ngakwe hits the free agent market. There are a couple of other names too. Plus, obviously, as we've touched on before, the Jets have four picks in the first three rounds. They could get their edge rusher there. This is where it's going to come down to Joe Douglas's scouting eye. But if they keep Jordan Jenkins, as we had them doing earlier on this Christmas gift countdown, and they add a number one edge rusher to this defense as well. That means that they finally will have that piece that they need to go with all the other pieces. 
And everybody that wanted to talk about how could you pick an interior defensive lineman when you don't have an edge rusher, it doesn't matter which pieces you get when. It just matters that you have the right pieces. If you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's a perfect example. A lot of the reason why Josh Allen has been able to do what he's been doing is because Calais Campbell is up there doing what he's been doing. If Quinn and Williams can be that Calais Campbell and then they can get their Josh Allen or even better their Yannick Ngakwe, who I would argue is A, better than Allen and B, Also a big reason why Allen has done as well as he has in his rookie season Then this Jets defense can be elite against the run and the pass Because as we said, we have them earlier in the countdown Adding at least a solid starting corner So you put that solid starting corner in there You get Mosley and Williamson healthy from injuries And you add in a number one edge rusher to go with Jordan Jenkins And all of a sudden this Jets defense looks really, really scary now, now we're not even talk, asking for a pony. We're going straight for a unicorn. Huh? <laughs> um, I, I say I say the unicorn mostly because uh, I don't know what it is about the Jets franchise, but they, they do seem destined to never get uh, a, an actual pure edge rusher. But, you know, they're out of the Chase Young sweepstakes by now. That's not going to happen, so that's not going to be – it that's not going to be an answer i know there's some a couple of other guys right now i don't have uh you know any really formed opinions on those guys i haven't dug in the tape and watched them now so um like i said i said with chase young i i don't need to if i thought that the jets were had a chance at him i would definitely be looking at tape and i might do some just for uh just for fun because he is that amazing but i've seen enough from him to know that he would be a guy you would want, but they're not going to be able to get him. So we'll have to wait and see there. I, I, unless it's Yannick Ngakwe, I don't know that they'll be able to get that on the free agent market. Um, I, trading for somebody like that, uh, somebody that's really good, still like that, teams generally are not willing to part with. So I, I'm not sure what the options are there, what they will be. Uh, of course, it is hundred uh, percent possible there will be an option somewhere in the draft for them. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But yes, obviously, this is something that has been on Jets fans' Christmas list uh, since Jonathan Abraham left. It's been on the list, and it will be on the list until they get that guy. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. 
With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. On the fourth day of Christmas, the football gods gave the Jets fans a healthy Bless Austin with a new CB, a breakout season for Quinn and Williams, a healthy CJ Mosley Avery Williamson combo, Le'Veon Bell not being traded, Robbie Anderson, Jordan Jenkins, and Brian Poole staying put. A new toy for Sam Darnold in the form of a number one wide receiver, a new contract for Jamal Adams, a brand new edge rusher. And a really good 2020 NFL draft. Now, Chris, I'm not going to go too crazy here. I'm not going to ask for the type of draft that Chris Ballard had in 2018, where he added two guys that were all pros right off the bat in Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard. In addition to adding Braden Smith, who became their long-term right tackle. I'm not going to get that greedy. However, if Joe Douglas can make the most of the picks that he has in this draft. Now remember, he's got high picks in every round. Plus, they're going to have the Giants pick in the third round, which is big. Because the Giants have been really bad this year. And they're going to finish in the bottom five. So they're going to get two really nice picks in the third round. If Joe Douglas can make the most of those picks, if he can get at least one really good starter on the offensive line, if he can make upgrades at wide receiver or corner or edge rusher, the areas where they're desperately lacking and need to add some resources, then all of a sudden this team starts to really turn the corner. Again, I'm not getting too greedy. I'm not asking for an all-time draft like the 2000 Jets when they got Chad Pennington, John Abraham, Sean Ellis, and Lavernius Coles in the same draft. It would be nice, but I'm not going to go that far. But if they can at least have a really solid draft, the kind of draft that this team hasn't had since Eric Mangini was here, then that will be a step in the right direction, not only for 2020, but also it'll make fans feel a lot more comfortable with Joe Douglas. I think right now, Joe Douglas's approval rating with Jets fans is pretty high, but we haven't seen him control a draft yet. If he comes out of the gate with a strong first draft, then not only will we know that the Jets have added key pieces for 2020, but we'll also have further proof that Joe Douglas just may be the real deal and the type of decision maker at the top of the Jets organization that they haven't had in a really long time. Yeah, I mean, like, if you could come away with DeBrickashaw uh, Ferguson and the Nick Mangold in the same draft, that would be pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. So this, this is going to be huge, and this is the thing – Obviously, you want a huge, uh, a really big, uh, nice draft class where you're hitting on a lot of players just to improve the team. But also, like you said, you want to see what Joe Douglas does, what he has. And if he comes out of the gate and just hits a home run on this draft or even gets a nice solid triple for you, drives a couple runs in, 
uh, that will leave fans feeling so much better about the future. And then we can worry about uh, what happens with Adam Gase and everything after that. But you can feel comfortable knowing that Joe Douglas will be able to build this team right and will be able to do an, an excellent job, which this team has struggled with doing since Mangini left, as you said. So there's a whole lot of holes here. They could go in a lot of different directions, a lot of different ways. But if he's going to need to hit on a lot of these draft picks, and they're going to need to be able to play and contribute fairly quickly too. So this this is a huge draft for Joe Douglas, not for uh, you know, not for his job security or anything. We know he's got a six year contract, so he's going to be safe for a while. He's going to have a couple drafts to really prove himself. But this is his first chance to really put his imprint on the roster. And that's going to tell us a lot about what type of GM he's going to be. Just as an example of what we're talking about, 2006, which you mentioned, the Brickshaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold. In that draft, they also got Eric Smith, who is a nice role player in the secondary, as well as Drew Coleman in the sixth round, who is a pretty nice role player in the secondary. Brad Smith, who turned out to be a really nice gadget player, so another nice little piece. And Leon Washington in the fourth round as well, who became an all-purpose weapon. So you had the two players that turned out to be excellent long-term starters and a handful of key contributors. If you can have a draft like that, then that's exactly what we're talking about. And it would also show people that Joe Douglas is the real deal, or at the very least, it would show people that he's on the right path. On the third day of Christmas, the football gods gave to Jets fans a healthy bless Austin with a new CB, a breakout season for Quinn and Williams, a healthy CJ Mosley, Avery Williamson combination, Le'Veon Bell not getting traded, Robbie Anderson, Jordan Jenkins, and Brian Poole staying put. A new toy for Sam Darnold in the form of a number one wide receiver, a brand new contract for Jamal Adams, a new edge rusher, a good 2020 NFL draft, and a brand new offensive line. Chris, I know this is gonna sound Chris, I know this is gonna sound unrealistic, but I think the Jets need at least four, maybe five new members of this offensive line. I could be talked into keeping Kelvin Beecham for one more year if they don't find a better option, but they've got to find a way through the draft, through free agency, through waiver wire cuts, through trades, whatever, to get a more competent offensive line. I fully expect Joe Douglas to be out there hunting for offensive linemen as priorities number one, two, and three in free agency before he even gets to the draft. So I think that Brandon Scherf, who just went on IR with an injury, and who otherwise wouldn't be available. Let's be honest, if Brandon Scherf was healthy more consistently, the Redskins would have had him locked up already, but because he hasn't been, he may hit the open market. If he does, I think Joe Douglas is going to be at the front of the line. You also have Jermaine Effetti, who's starting to step up for the Seattle Seahawks. You would think the Seahawks would like to keep him. However, they do have a lot of other players that they need to pay, and that's the curse of being a team that drafts well consistently. You don't have that much cap space, so maybe he shakes free. Jack Conklin is a guy that a couple of years ago, there's no way you would have ever thought would hit the open market, but then he was struggling with injuries. This year, he started to bounce back. I'm sure the Titans would like to keep him. It makes sense he would stay, but you never know. It's possible that he ends up leaving if they don't franchise tag him. And then Anthony Costanzo, another one. Hard to believe that he would go since the Colts have a lot of cap space. Plus, Chris Ballard obviously understands the value of offensive line 
and it's a nice situation for him there. But who knows? Maybe they don't work out something before free agency and Ballard doesn't franchise him. I think he probably would if push came to shove, but you never know. And there are other guys. Joe Thune is an example. I think that Joe Douglas is going to be very, very active with the offensive line in free agency before the draft comes. And then when the draft comes, I think that you're going to see multiple picks on the offensive line, not just on day one or two, but plenty on day three as well. Because if you can find even one gem on day three that can become a starter for you, that is a huge boost to the offensive line and to the overall health of the team. Because then you get a guy who can come in here and be a useful starter from day one and you have him on a cheap contract for four years. That is an incredibly valuable thing to have in the NFL, especially on the offensive line. So, Chris, like I said, I think at least four new pieces need to be put on that line. Probably five, if we're being honest. I could be talked into keeping Beecham if they have to, but that is number three on this list. A brand new offensive line for the New York Jets in 2020. Yeah, I've been talking about how they might need to replace all five linemen since early in the season. Um, that's that's a little bit unrealistic, though. Uh, I mean, they could certainly replace them all. It's uh, being able to upgrade all of them. That's that seems a very tall task. Um, but <clears throat> with uh, ideally, you would like to upgrade from Kelvin Beecham, but uh, with how seemingly impossible it would be to really get upgrades at all five positions, it makes perfect sense to bring him back and have him. As like a placeholder, so you don't have to fill both tackle spots. Um, and again, they, we're not talking. You don't need to get four or five all pro guys. If you could get two really, really good ones and then two uh, solid ones, that would be a huge help and would be enough to really improve this offense. Really help Sam Darnold in the rushing game. Uh, you know, they all always talk – you hear that line about how you're only strong as your weakest link, and that applies to the offensive line a lot. Well, <laughs> when all you have is weak links, that, that this is what you get. Uh, Kelvin Beecham is the strongest link in that, and it, it doesn't look great with the rest of them. But if you build a solid enough line around Kelvin Beecham, he looks a lot better. Sam Darnold looks a lot better. The running game looks a lot better. Robbie Anderson looks better because he can get hit. Uh, they can actually pass the ball to him when he's getting open downfield. So it'll help everything out. Again, you look around the league and you look at the best teams in the league and you can point right at their offensive lines. Uh, you know, they have other weapons and other talent as well, but they have the really good offensive lines. So that is super critical, and we know Joe Douglas being a former lineman himself, this is going to be something that he focuses heavily on, and I agree with you. He's going to look to attack it in free agency as well as the draft. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before, and I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week, with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
On the second day of Christmas, the football gods gave the Jets fans a healthy bless Austin with a new CB, a breakout season for Quinn and Williams, a healthy CJ Mosley, Avery Williamson combination, Le'Veon Bell not being traded, Robbie Anderson, Jordan Jenkins, and Brian Poole staying put, a brand new toy for Sam Darnold in the form of a number one wide receiver, a new contract for Jamal Adams, a new edge rusher, a good 2020 NFL draft, a brand new offensive line, and Sam Darnold taking the leap in 2020. So we expected Sam Darnold to get to that Pro Bowl, All-Pro level in 2019. A lot of things derailed that. Mono derailed it. Adam Gaso would argue in a lot of ways derailed it. The offensive line certainly derailed it. The New England Patriots, above all else probably, derailed it. That said, I think Sam Darnold did a lot more good than bad this season. I think if you go back and look at the tape, you're going to see a lot of really nice plays and a lot of progress made. There's still some things that he needs to work on. And as I've talked about, the number one thing on the list for me with Sam Darnold is situational awareness. He's got to understand when to do what particularly when it comes to making the smart play sometimes as opposed to trying to make the jaw-dropping play. Nothing wrong with going for the jaw-dropping play from time to time, but the example we always give to me is perfect. He did complete that 31-yard pass in between two defenders to Robbie Anderson downfield, but right in front of him was an easy 10 to 15 yards for a first down. You want to make sure that going forward, he figures out that he needs to take that rather than going for that super risky throw. If it was first or second down, fine. But when you're third down and three, you've got to take that first down and move the chains. He's also got to understand that sometimes when there's no play to be made, don't try to force it. I don't want him to hold back too much because part of what makes him special is the confidence to be able to try those throws and the ability he has to make them at a much higher clip than most quarterbacks do. But I think that going forward, if he can fix some of those things and if he can tidy up his mechanics too, it hasn't been as big of a problem as some people made it out to be in a couple of the games. Certainly in the Patriot game, we saw it. And in the Jaguars in the first Dolphins game, there were times where we saw some bad mechanics. But Overall, some positive strides in 2019. If he can continue and if he can make it to that next level in 2020, then all of a sudden people are going to have to start talking about the Jets the way that they're talking about the Bills this year. Now, I don't want to get into Josh Allen too much. The reason the Bills are good is not because of Josh Allen in a lot of ways. It's in spite of him. Chris, you and I agreed that he's better than we expected, but he's still not good. But they surrounded him with such a talented roster that he hasn't been asked to do what Sam Darnold's been asked to do. Sam Darnold has been asked to more or less shoulder the load. He hasn't been able to get to the level where he can do that on his own. Not that anybody ever can, but to the point where the truly elite quarterbacks can lift everybody around them. But we've seen enough encouraging signs in 2019 that if they put more pieces around Darnold, particularly as we said before, improving the offensive line, then he just might get to that level. And if he does, watch out. Yeah, and again, look, you're never going to fully get rid of uh, that part of Sam Darnold that risk taker that will occasionally make the wrong decision. Yeah, that's never going to be eradicated from him. That's who he is. <clears throat> and I'm good with that because a lot of good game-breaking plays can come from that. He will make those plays. And sometimes it won't work. Sometimes it'll backfire. But what you, what you want to do is you want to limit those uh, uh, times when it backfires, when he makes the back-breaking mistake. Um, when he's forced 
to have to do too much to shoulder the load, as you said, when he's forced to have to try to force things because the offense is sputtering, that's going to make the, you know, the, the rate of mistakes higher. That's, but if you can build things around him, that's going to help him a lot more. It's going to make things easier for him. It's going to slow down the game for him. It's going to make him be able to dissect defenses on the fly easier. <clears throat> but you're never going to fully co- uh, coach that out of him, and, I, and that's okay. But you do need to limit those mistakes. And he's done a good job of those over these last few weeks. He still has a couple here and there. But it's not one after another like it was in the Patriots game. But, again, that Patriots game, he was running for his life the whole time. It's really hard to blame him for that. Um, there's been some other moments where it, it it's easy to blame him because it was just on him. I, you don't know what he was looking at at that time, where he was throwing it. Um, but, but you're never going to fully get rid of it. You just need to limit it. And he does need to work on some of the mechanics, getting himself set better at some times. But I, I'm not worried about Sam Darnold's future. The only possible worry I have about Sam Darnold's future is if this team fails to build a competent and effective team around him. On the first day of Christmas, the football gods gave to Jets fans a healthy bless Austin with a new CB, a breakout season for Quinn and Williams, a healthy C.J. Mosley-Avery Williamson combination, Le'Veon Bell not being traded, Robbie Anderson, Jordan Jenkins, and Brian Poole staying put, a new toy for Sam Darnold in the form of a number one wide receiver, a new contract for Jamal Adams, a brand new edge rusher, a good 2020 NFL draft, a brand new offensive line, Sam Darnold taking it to the next level in 2020, and Christopher Johnson relents and says bye-bye to Adam Gase. Chris, you mentioned before that this is the equivalent of the kid asking for the pony. Now I'm asking not just for the pony, but I'm asking for the entire stable of horses here because I think this is number one on every Jets fan's list this Christmas, that Christopher Johnson sits down and has a come-to-Jesus moment, as they call it, and decides that it's time to move on from Adam Gase. Do I think this is going to happen? No. But obviously, Adam Gase has done plenty to bring this fate on himself if Christopher Johnson were to reverse course. He's performed under expectations in so many different ways. And yes, we know that there have been injuries. We've talked about that a lot. And yes, we know that there have been all kinds of personnel problems that go way beyond what Adam Gase is capable of fixing on the field without having the benefit of being able to go through this roster and make a ton of different changes. However, when you think about the fact that he's had run-ins with so many players already, we've talked about the Quincy Inunua situation. We know what happened with Luke Falk, who was one of his guys, Kalecio Semele, Jamal Adams. He didn't necessarily have a run-in with Le'Veon Bell, but we know there's friction there because Gase didn't want him initially. They ended up having to have a sit-down. And there are more players that... As you talked about on the podcast a couple of days ago, as Matt Miller has talked about, as Manish has talked about, are not enamored with Adam Gase at all. 
He's refused to take accountability for a lot of things. He's pointed fingers. There are so many things that he did in Miami that he refuses to fix or refuses to even try to fix here with the New York Jets. The injury problem has followed him here, not taking responsibility for penalties. There's so many things. If you go back and listen to the podcast that I did with Travis Wingfield in the lead up to the Gase hiring and then after Gase got hired, you'll hear all about it. If you listen to what Joe Shad from the Palm Beach Post reported, In the wake of Gase getting fired at the end of the season, you'll hear all about that too. He's done nothing to convince me or just about anybody else that he isn't the same guy that failed in Miami. So I think if Christopher Johnson were to turn around and say, I wanted Adam Gase to be the guy, I truly believe that he was that guy, and I know that he has had some issues with injuries and such, but I've just seen too many concerning things. We've got this 22-year-old quarterback that we need to put in the right situation ASAP. We've got to get this going in the right direction, and so we've decided to move on. We're going to give Joe Douglas the full authority to pick his own coach and to build this thing in his vision. If he were to do that, I think that that would make for a very Merry Christmas in the beginning of an excellent new year for New York Jets fans. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen, but I do think that if you asked any Jets fan what they would want under their tree this Christmas, that would be number one on their list with a bullet. Usurp the usurper, Ed Reed 2020. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly joking, but also I'd be here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, and it, and if that's what that's what it takes to get it done, then hey, head coach Ed Reed sounds good to me. Um, but yeah, I've I've you know I was vocal about uh, not thinking that Adam Gase was the right decision before they hired him. I stuck with that when they hired him, but said I would give him uh, you know every opportunity. I, I I just don't see it with him there's too many problems they're all the same problems he had in Miami uh the players uh, the game planning the stubbornness everything about it I just I think everything has to be so perfect with him as the coach I don't think that they're going to move on but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't move on um I get not wanting to hire and fire a coach after one year that is normally bad practice that is not something I would normally recommend but when you when you make a mistake the best thing to do is recognize that it's a mistake as soon as possible and move to correct that mistake you don't just stick with a mistake just for more time or just because it it just the idea that, oh, now you're giving Sam Darnold a new system to learn, and that's not great. I agree. That's not great, and you don't want to do that. But that would be better than keeping him in a bad system. Now, of course, it depends on who they would hire. Uh, you, don't, you don't want to fire Adam Gase and then go hire another coach who's not going to be good. But I think there's enough uh, people out there that they could definitely make a right decision. And uh, – Again, the rest of the team, I think, would be better for it. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. But I completely understand fans holding out hope and hoping that that's what will be under their Christmas trees at the end of this season. Can't believe I forgot to mention Adam Gase's stubbornness and his inability to be flexible when it comes to his system and being able to play to the strengths and away from the weaknesses of the players that he has, because that is one of his 
biggest downsides as a head coach and certainly should be at the top of the list of reasons why he shouldn't be back in 2020. But as you said, Chris, unfortunately, I think that Jets fans are stuck with Adam Gase as the head coach for at least one more season. That wraps up the 12 Days of Christmas Jets edition. And by the way, if you're listening to this Christmas morning and let's say later tonight, you have to give gifts and you're still struggling. You haven't had an opportunity to buy gifts for some of the people in your family or some of your friends and you don't know what to do. You're panicking right now. Perfect suggestion for you. Go over to the Vivid Seats mobile app, download it, use the promo code OVERTIME, and you'll get yourself up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. So you can use it to get a last-minute gift for a loved one or a friend or whoever it is you're shopping for. No matter what it is, there's something that they're going to want to see. It could be a concert. It could be a sporting event if they're a sports fan, basketball, hockey. It could be a wrestling match, a boxing match. Anything it is that they like that you want to get them tickets for, you can do it and do it at a discounted price. And don't worry, Chris and I won't let them know that you use the discount code. It'll be our little secret. Download the Vivid Seats mobile app today and use the promo code OVERTIME to get yourself up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. Chris, thanks so much for joining me for the Christmas Eve edition yesterday and the Christmas edition today, the two-parter that we did, the 12 Days of Christmas Jets edition. Merry Christmas, sir. I know that you're going to say bah humbug, but I hope this at least helped you get into the Christmas spirit at least a little bit. Once Christmas is over and you're ready to get back to work, what are you going to have up over at JetsInsider.com? Yeah, I'll have obviously stuff from the, the game against Pittsburgh. I will do a lot of looking forward to next season, though, as well. I'll have something up on who to retain and who to look for in free agency. I'll also probably be posting something soon about uh, college players to keep an eye out on in their bowl games and looking forward in the draft. And then as soon as the season's over, I will start digging into the college tape to really start looking at the draft. And then, of course, uh, focus on free agency as well, since that'll be done first. Go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. That's where you can see Michael Nania's work these days as well. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.